My life provides the world with the opportunity to see the future in real time, to view the confidence of a winner in a beautiful package. My smile emulates the sun in ways that make those around me feel the warmth of my love. My joy creates the type of breeze that brings new direction to those who doubt spring is coming. The cooling blue skies that exist in my world are truly infectious. I hate the thought of slumber because it denies me too many moments when I'm not impacting the world. The passion that exists in me I have for life can't be contained by the dark clouds of my personal doubt. I have mastered my own negativity in ways that reduces any reduction in my productivity. Now every day is the net profit of my existence. My ball of life bounces off of a foundation of obstacles which were overcome with a smile. I now see road, my roadblocks as the items that give my life reason for living. My self-worth is discovered in the way I bring joy to others. This is James T. Deshay, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflection, brought to you seven days a week, Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 o'clock West Coast Time, Saturdays at 8 p.m. East Coast Time, and 5 o'clock West Coast Time. This show is a platform for your voice to be heard loud and clear without interference. We can no longer allow others to speak for us. We have to speak for ourselves. This is a time or place to make this all become real. I would like for you to call into the show at 657-383-0309. It is our opportunity to make sure that people have no doubt about the direction we want the country we love to go in. Visit my website, www.jamestdeshay.com. USI never had it so good. 101.1 Radio, the best R&B and hip-hop music. The Quiet Storm every Friday and Saturday. Talk radio with the best host in the biggie. Sports Talk Radio, every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1. And it's 24-7, the world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. 
James T. Deshay is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshay. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. This is James T. Deshay, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflection. I want to make one correction. Uh, I want you to visit my website, and it is James T. Deshay, the number two dot com. Uh, again, James T. Deshay, the number two dot com. Um, D, I, I just want to have a conversation with everybody that calls in uh, because I really didn't single out on any one thing uh, today related to what the what is going on around the world. But it just seems like chaos and bedlam to me. I'll just uh, name a few. Um, you have a baggage handler who, for whatever reason, just uh, decided um, he was going to find out how to operate a very large plane and um, take it for a ride. And um, luckily, he was not... Uh, not so suicidal that he wanted to take anybody with him. And uh, he um, elected to crash the plane, uh, killing only himself. Then you have Amorosa, who's coming out with a book. Um, Not sure it is filled with anything uh, that will do any serious damage to the president other than embarrass him uh, and... um, let you know that here is a administration where people are going around taping each other uh, and um, just creating a comic uh, environment uh, for this organization. Uh, Then, of course, you have uh, Paul Manafort, who is uh, going through the last days, possibly this is the last week of his, his trial, 
and it seems to me that uh, he may, very well may find himself guilty. I can't imagine the jury not finding him guilty of uh, at least tax evasion uh, with all these offshore accounts and the money he was spending um, so lavishly uh, in terms of uh, all the things that he was purchasing. Uh, but there's just so many crazy things going around in, in our country right now. And the stories uh, continue to get more and more bizarre. And I think it just goes along with um, the way people are thinking nowadays related to this administration and um, the the oddness of people just displaying their true colors. And so I just want to get a general conversation going with everybody who calls in and just talk about what what is their take on the world and what is it that we need to be doing uh, to try to get uh, control again. Uh, you can say what you like about Barack Obama and whether or not he got enough done or not. Uh, but certainly we uh, didn't wake up one day to the next wondering what in the world was going to be more bizarre than what we've already seen. And, uh, and you know, we just live in a time when we just, right now, we, we don't know what is about to come about. You know, so what is your thought in, in about this chaos and, and um, bedlam uh, that seems to be going around in our country where people are just doing anything and saying anything and uh, just uh, participating in some weird and outlandish uh, type behavior uh, under Donald Trump's administration? Well, good evening, everybody. And uh, thanks again, James, for taking the time to to bring us uh, all this to some awareness. Um, you know, I, I, think, um, I think America, for one, uh, is just tired. Uh, they they show a posture of just being exhausted uh, all across the board. Um, I'm, I'm just listening to uh, Meet the Press, and they uh, explain how most presidents would try to uh, try and uh, mend things together or give it, uh, give words of encouragement. Uh, Everybody knows that this president doesn't have that personality to do that. So uh, he he uh, kind of uh, choose not to even try. But uh, you know when you when I listen to uh, Pastor Smith talk, and those of you that talk to uh, know Pastor Smith, uh, he actually exemplifies the uh, the attitude about all of this as being exhausted. And, you know, and I think there's some truth to that. I think that America is exhausted. Uh, I think the percent that uh, Trump supporters, uh, they are a strong base of individuals. Uh, even in the uh, elite um, echelon of, of personalities, there are still some that are, 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 are strong supportive of his ideas. Uh, and 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 then they also um, condone any ridicule of him uh, because they feel that uh, the Democrats and I don't I mean I don't know if I've had blinders on for the past ten years or twenty years 
but they feel strongly that the Democrats are the are the ones that have that have started this fight. Um, now, if, if that's a cop out, that's fine. But again, uh, I think America is just uh, waiting to burn out, waiting to bleed out. Uh, just like this fire in California, if you look at the map, uh, the the potential of it spreading across the land, across the, the Midwest, because the conditions are so dry. And that's my point. The conditions that, that we're talking about here are so dry that it, it could get a lot worse before it gets better. You know, and I have to, as I, I want us to be able to be free to talk about anything that we like, I have to tell you I feel a little bit of pride about the NFL because I was really thinking that they were going to buckle under the pressure of of the leadership in the NFL who talked about possibly suspending players uh, if they um, were to uh, protest uh, during the national anthem. And to see them come out in such solidarity and to see some of them even raise their fists uh, was just uh, made me full of pride to recognize that these guys are willing to risk everything. And we all have to be ready to risk everything. Uh, we live in a crazy time that is unbelievable. You know, uh, people are so sick. We have to be uh, conscious of the people around us who are going through some things and, and willing to, uh, to do uh, some things that uh, is unimaginable. A lot of the friends of the guy who took off in his airplane just not did not believe or see or recognize the pain that he was going through. And so there are a lot of people out there who are in pain, uh, who are angry at, uh, at their lives, angry at their government, and who just... Uh, we find ourselves at what I consider to be an abnormal existence uh, because I don't remember going through this uh, kind of chaos before, uh, Cheryl. It just seems to me that this is a bizarre set of circumstances that we have an environment where our country is just, uh, you know, is, uh, find itself at war with itself. Are you there, Cheryl? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you had called my name. I um okay. I was listening. But um I did get a chance to look at the um the video of the man um on the plane. And you know, that's why we say we don't really know what's going on with individuals and what they're dealing with. And just like um when the other man was interviewed, he was saying that he could hear his pain. And that's the thing. Do we hear the pain of each other when they're speaking? Because I think I've said before, um, and I usually say to people, and I'm really attentive, I hear what you say and I hear what you don't say. And a lot of times people ask me, you know, well, how do you know? Because I'm really paying attention to what you're saying, and I really know what you're leaving out. 
and we can hear through the pain. And there's so many more individuals like this. There's individuals that's hurting from different things, you know, and, and financially a lot of people are in pain over things that they can't meet. Um, the, their obligations, because, you know, we've said it many times before, we are only a paycheck or two away from poverty or from the situations that we find so many others in, and we wonder how they get to that place in life. But um, he had more going on with him than we could probably ever even begin to imagine. And, you know, his first things was to say is that, he wanted to apologize because he knew a lot of people cared about him. But we are so busy today being busy, just being busy, and not really stopping and paying attention to what's really, really going on. And I don't mean just reading on the surface, but really understanding what's going on. And one of the things you know, and we say all the time, is that things that's happening in such a a higher level, we can't do anything about those things until we deal with the things within our household, within the um, community, within our state, within, you know, and take one level at a time. Because we can't start at the top, and what happens to everything underneath it? We got to start with a solid foundation in order to be able to deal more with what is at the top. And, uh, Cassie, I know that you have a heart for people. Uh, And I'm sure, just like this man said, that there were a lot of people out there who loved him. And he was just not, he was only 29 years of age. And you wonder why he couldn't go to somebody and share with them what it was that was going through his mind. He had to go through an awful lot of trouble to learn how to fly that plane and to get that, turn that plane on and taxi that plane and take off and all those other things. Uh, And thank God he was not of the mindset to hurt anyone other than himself. Uh, But, you know, it makes you afraid that those people who are close to you, maybe you don't know what it is that they're going through. Good afternoon, James. And I didn't see the video. I'm looking for it right now, but I didn't see the video. But um, just listening to what everybody is saying, um, you know, there are a lot of people walking around like that, and uh, our pastor talks about that today, how, you know, you see the people from the outside, but you really don't see them from the inside. And sometimes I just believe people are afraid to share what's going on with them, um, maybe because they're um, ashamed. That's the number one, ashamed of what someone else is going to say about whatever it is that they're dealing with and not truly understanding that you have to share in order to heal, you have to share. That's the only way that you're going to get rid of whatever it is that's, um, that's going on um, 
with you or around you or something you think that you can't deal with, you know, maybe somebody else can help you through that. But if you don't share because of shame, and most of the time it is because of shame, people are really ashamed of what they are going through or been through. But how else can you overcome what you've been through if you don't share? That's toxic. That's just like pouring pouring poison continually on yourself. Um, sooner or later, you're going to dissolve, and I'm assuming that's what happened to this young man. I'm still going to look for the video so I can look at it. Yeah, it is a, an incredible thing to watch somebody talk about uh just ending their lives. You know, he just had this casual conversation going on uh, with the tower, and uh, there was nothing that they could say uh, to change the outcome. He was pretty much committed uh, to just having a little fun uh, with uh, flying that plane around. And as my thoughts were, that he flew around for almost over an hour, uh, and nothing they could say or do. And once he had decided it, he it was enough. He uh, crashed it into a uh, in an area where no one else would get hurt. But uh, gee, we we have to recognize that we're living in a very chaotic time right now, uh, where nothing that was norm before uh, before Donald Trump is extremely um, abnormal now, and that people are just doing some things that were unthinkable uh, some time ago. And uh, we, you know, you wonder how do we overcome and get beyond this situation where people are displaying or behaving in such despicable ways? Well, I think uh, when Tyrone, uh, uh, almost a year ago, called it the year of exposure, uh, I don't know how correct he knew he was uh, because uh, it seemed as though uh, America, for one, uh, speaking about home now, America, for one, seemed to have taken the position that if don't nobody care about who we elect as president, then all bets must be off. So now, uh, moving ahead in the conversation, uh, when Ms. Sherris spoke about how um, uh, it seems that uh, we can't reach the top and trying to get uh, some things done uh, and and where all the work is needed to be done is at the home base, uh, that is truly one of the big problems. Uh, The home base has been neglected for so long. Uh, the home, our communities, and our own culture, for one, has been neglected for so long, for the past 25, 30 years. Uh, this, all of this is just actually fallout from that. Uh, you know, if you look at the positions that white America has taken, uh, it's just fallout from all of that. Uh, uh, when Ms. Cabot speaks about how uh, things could be changed if we were confident enough to um, to rely on one another and to confide in one another about the uh, expectation of shame being a result of all of that, we could do better. You know, 
uh, the NA program, a program that I hold dear to my heart. Uh, that is the mantra of that program is to be able to share without shame, because they un- they understand the fact that um, when you can release oneself about oneself and and the condition that they find themselves in, then they'll be more receptive to find help and all of that. But if you if a person is have stigmas and and afraid to confine for for the fear of what somebody's gonna think of them. Yeah, no, it's no wonder that uh, we are uh, in in this predicament. So uh, my perception is that God does allow things to happen, and just like this broadcast was made, and the casual com- uh, conversation between this man and the cloud, and I have not seen him, but I guess I will have to get the nerve up to see it because it's plain to see how a person can get to a point where no matter what you say to me, I, my mind is made up. See, life should never have to get to that point, and I'm almost in tears about that. Life should never have to get to that point where a person finds themselves up S Creek, and you know the curse word I want to say, up S Creek so bad that now there's, there's a point of no return. So, yeah, we have to do better. And, you know, and looking for a, uh, a solution at the top where the house is on fire, you know, uh, and and uh, is is that going to be anything that's going to bring us back to some norm? Uh, that's yet to be seen. Thank you. And it, it is, Cheryl. It is a dramatic thing uh, to watch somebody contemplate death, knowing that it's not because of any physical sickness, uh, but they're just. They have made up in their mind that life is no worth no is not worth living, despite that they know that there are people that love them. And so, if you know that you got people who love you, and you can go to those people and have them put their arms around you, and you got coworkers who respect you uh, and uh, think you are a nice person, what kind of demons must be within you that? Leads you to believe that your your life is no longer worth living. The kind that you let take over your mind. Sometimes we have such a strong hold on us, and if we're not delivered from it, you know, it can cause the in, individual to be embarrassed of their situation, fear to come out and talk to anybody about it. Um, it can be so many different um, reasons that he can hold on to you as an individual. That's why if your faith is not strong, it will cause you to really waver or either give yourself to him totally. And when I say him, it means give yourself to the devil totally without any thoughts about it because, you know, we as Christians understand how hard it is on an everyday basis. So if we don't if we don't hold tight to the word and stay prayed up, you know, and continue to do the things that is pleasing to him, those that are not have no idea what is causing them the pain, what is causing them um a way of escaping from the situations. And I'm not saying that Christians don't get to the point where they don't know 
um, where to turn to sometimes. But we always know who we can turn to. Um, And that's what I think, you know, that's what I thought about is that Satan has such a hold on him that is making him believe that there is no other way out but to take his life. And like I said, you know, not talking to nobody and putting people in great shock. I mean, what can they do once he's up there in the air? Not much at all. And not knowing, you know, that he's up there in order to get a loved one to talk him down or or any of those things. Because, I mean, just like, I mean, it took a lot of guts to get to that point or to say, here I am. You know, when I say here I am, giving it to Satan completely. But sometimes, you know, it brings fear that people can't understand um, all kind of negative things. We start to believe the lies that we tell ourselves. And if we knew how simple it could really, really be, then we wouldn't do, you know, those things just wouldn't occur. But unfortunately, you know, it was really heartbreaking to even hear him talk and to hear the pain and to hear how he masked it with the uh, the um, I don't say complete laughter, but just you know what he did, um, the sounds that he made. I mean, you can tell he didn't want to do this. He really didn't. So that's why I say, you know, we have to stop being so busy, just being busy, and start being more concerned and hear the things that is not said, because at some point, everybody goes through. And it's how we deal with what we're going through. And when you're not willing to show some empathy uh, to those people that are suffering, uh, it shows a um, a chaotic feel for life in general. Because you're right, he he sounded like he wanted to make fun of the situation that he was in uh, when he was in a very dire situation. Not only dire to himself. Uh, but dire to others, and only thank God that he had no intentions, no real intentions of causing some real danger. Uh, he even when they when they said to him, "Well, try to land on this runway," and he suggested, "Wow, you you're taking a chance on me landing on that runway. Are you sure that, that whoever your superiors are are willing to risk me uh, landing?" in a populated area, uh, not knowing what my true skills are. So he, he, you know, that's kind of paraphrasing what he was saying, but he was kind of jokingly saying it, and uh, that his intentions were uh, to get up in the air, do whatever he was doing. Uh, he made some act, did some things or movements with the plane that seemed odd uh, and almost playful. Uh, but his his in and his his intent in the end uh, was not to come out of this alive, and so um, we don't know what it was he was suffering from, uh, but obviously he had taken the time to learn how to fly this plane, and he wanted to to make a statement to somebody uh, about uh, you know, and I don't know if the statement got told or not. 
uh, but it just seemed like he was truly committed to ending his life. And I don't think I've ever experienced uh, being able to hear somebody talk about ending their life uh, while they while on the phone with somebody else and the hopelessness that was, was involved. I mean, here is a man who just didn't want to concede uh, to anything, any suggestion uh, that these people had in the tower uh, to help him save his life. I mean, they made it sound like, hey, you know, let's just get you on the ground. Uh, we, we're not going to even, you know, we, we they were not even dealing with the le- legality of what he he did. They were just trying to seek to save his life. Uh, but he wasn't willing to hear any of that, Kathy. Uh, he was totally committed uh, to just having a little fun uh, before he died. Yeah, he was, um, I still haven't looked at him, still looking for it, but um, just thinking about that, he was um, he was very lost. The young man was very lost, and uh, it seems like he already had his mind set up, regardless of what anybody said uh, that he was going to go through with the entire thing. I mean, and it just reminds you of the shootings, uh, the school shootings, the church shooting of how these people go, and it doesn't matter who's talking to them. They are, are, are possessed to where they're, they're, they have a mission and they're going to complete the mission, just like in the service. When you go, there's a target that we have to get. You go forth and we have to get that target no matter what else is going on, and that's exactly what it seems like um, this um, young man was doing. And, um, yeah, and now I want to go back on what Ms. Cheryl had said about seeing people, and that is so true because you can be in a group of people and the people are talking, but you're really not seeing them. So uh, you, a person has to consciously focus in on what somebody else is saying in order to really see what they're saying. I mean, hear them and see them because you have to focus in on what they're saying. So that is a, actually a true statement as well, Ms. Cheryl, but thank you, James. Yeah, it is. You know, we, we just seem to be at a time where people are just committed uh, to doing what they're, what they've decided to do. And they have no shame whatsoever. Uh, Amorosa, who has been was a starch supporter of, of uh, Donald Trump, and talked about how people were going to bow down to him uh, in the end when they seen uh, what great president he was going to be. But yet, uh, after she was fired, and the thought that you would hire somebody with such little credentials as this young lady uh, to be the only African-American with uh, access to to the president and then end up firing her and her talking about how he uh, called, used the N-word when he was on his radio show. It is just incredible uh, that these people seem to to uh, be able to be on this in this administration 
and it be more like a, a soap opera uh, D, uh, than reality. Uh, we, as we go through this, and Manafort uh, comes up, and you know what's going to happen when he gets convicted, and the president finds out uh, that he has to um, harden him. And what are we going to think after that when somebody gets convicted and gets a pardon that somebody is getting paid off? Well, I guess, uh, you know, we all have to get comfortable in waiting for that chapter uh, because um, I think that um, it just, it's too, um, it's too overtaking to even try to to analyze any of this. We're just going to have to just kind of wait and and let it play out and and trust in the Lord for real because um, uh, the opposition and 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 the party that we support most of the time, uh, they don't seem to really have a clue about much of anything, even our own party, uh, uh, or as Ms. Uh, Audrey des- described it, the party that I used to be partial to, because, you know, I don't even know no more. Um, so uh, it's it, it actually going to have to be seen and let it play out. But, look, I, I want to speak again about the uh, – the incident with the man in the plane and the conditions uh, thereof. Uh, you know, uh, from a human nature uh, point of view, uh, uh, the human race is actually uh, very selfish. Um, you know, they're not very compassionate uh, across the board in, in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, even with our time, and I'm not basically speaking about our time, you know, we all trying to make a book. We're all trying to uh, sustain, and we're all trying to manage our own lives. And sometimes when it comes down to actually actually listening to somebody else, uh, you know, uh, we have to be listening well enough to know when somebody is actually coming to us with, with, with their heart in their hand. Uh, but, you know, um, you know uh, uh, we as humans, some of us uh, are, have the posture of not being approachable. And we, and we see that a lot now. We see, especially with the, if I can say it, the Republican Party, they're not even approachable. And so, and 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 they they seem to be selfish in their posture. So, and I, and even in our own community, and 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 we know people like that also. Uh, they want to be right about everything. They they choose not to have to take the position of being. Uh, where it, they can be neutral about most of anything, so we got to do better as a human as, as a human society. Uh, we we got a lot of homework to do. Uh, this being the era of exposure, uh, it may be all laid out to us of what it is that we need to do in order to survive. Thank you, Cheryl. You know that there there does just seems to be very little empathy in our world right now. There seems to be a lot of division created by Donald Trump and the Republican Party. Uh, you knew, you know, it used to be that we, those of us who were Democrats, recognized when we had lost, and we felt okay that eventually we, our turn would come again. Uh, now, though, there seems to be some 
difficulty in understanding how much damage is going to be done uh, by the time all this does come to an end. And whether or not one president will be able to fix the ills of our society after all this damage is done. Uh, I know that I live in a world where I don't, I respect and appreciate all human beings. And I don't look to, to uh, dem- demigrate or, or be ugly to any race of people. And that all people that I come across are respected and treated with kindness. But I do recognize that there is a segment, both uh, black and white, people of color and uh, and Europeans, who just have so much hatred in their heart that they can't get beyond skin color and what they think their privilege is to have the world uh, treat them differently than everybody else. Well, that was a lot said. But um, first of all, I want to, you know, talk about the um, this videotaping, um, well, audio taping. Um, now it seems though we can, what's going on privately is being exposed publicly, but not only is it exposed publicly, some of it is tampered with as well. Um, you know, as far as when I listened to the, um, to the late, one of the news ladies, uh, somebody else, um, when watching the video. So, you know, in that case, you be mindful of what you tell the public because once, you know, you trying to give your story, but the truth is going is bound to come out. And whether you feel like you quit and not really saying fired or if you were fired and putting it, you know, in your own way, you know, and even with the audio tape coming out, it's still things that happened that's still yet to come out, meaning that, you know, we can't judge everything off of just a very small conversation because sometimes we talk knowing that what we are saying, we are covering ourselves, but then we get to another time where something is said and it has not been recorded if you can understand what I'm saying, Um, you know, meaning that I'm going to perform for the audio because there's a, you know, because I know I'm being taped. And then what I really want to say, I'm going to say it when I know that I'm not recording. And it may be the case and it may not be the case. I mean, we have so much chaos going on and it it has become such drama. You know, forget about, the laws and the things that need to be done here um, for us. But it's just so much a drama going on. I mean, and it's starting from the president. And if he and if he's carrying on, then others, too, are feeling like, you know, they have permission to do the same as well. 
and it's just trickling down. So in that case, you know, it's got us up in, you know, just chaotic. And when you mentioned about, um, you know, whoever comes after him in any of the other positions, this mess cannot be turned around no way in one term of somebody else getting into office because it's too much of damage control that has to be done in order to get us back just on an even key. So, you know, I mean, I think somebody mentioned about a soap opera because that's what it seems like you're tuning in every day to days of our lives that's searching for tomorrow, you know, and keeping us keeping us restless. So we got a lot of mess that's going on and I mean, you know, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, with the with the T V because he's every day he's got something and you can easily get distracted by all of this um this mess that's going on and it is. It's a lot of mess that's going on. Well, you know, it is sad where we all have come to grips with the fact that our president lies, and now he's talking about other people lying. And so it is just, you know, we're not supposed to believe the people who lie on him, but it's okay for him to lie on other people. And uh, you know it is a environment where, People don't trust each other, so you don't know who's taping who because there's a lot of taping going on. Understand that the president's lawyer was privately taping people. Um, he's thrown around the the um, suggestion uh, that he had some private tape, and uh, now you got Amarosa coming out where she taped uh, people. Uh, so you know there are a lot of people in his administration, who is uh, taping people uh, in order to, to make sure they got a weapon. And so, you know, if this kind of thing was going on during Barack Obama's time, uh, they would be nonstop uh, a detriment to, to his ability uh, to operate his administration. And uh, what we have now is people just uh, following him blindly, those people who are committed to him. And now I'm kind of disappointed. I have to be honest with you, those GOP people who are running, a lot of them are trying to get his support. And so um, we find ourselves D at odds uh, with this kind of chaotic environment where poor behavior uh, is is kind of looked at as okay as long as I'm able to, to uh, as long as I'm able to get elected. Well, I think what we'll be looking at, uh, I think a good way to look at it uh, for me and for anybody else that want to find some uh, some calm. And and uh, and some clarity in their own life is to look at it as being comedy capers. All right, the soap opera, yes, comedy caper, yes. Um, it's gonna take it's gonna take 
the historians to write this story, and and then for those of us that sit alive to look back and say, "See, I told you so." That's what it's going to take, because uh, if we look close enough, and you got to we got to learn how to look close enough. If we look close enough, we'll we'll be able to see how they sold us out. They sold out our democratic process. They sold out our voting process. That's been sold out now. All right. Um, so, uh, and, and the first hint of that I got, the first hint I, uh, that I got when Al Gore lost and and George W. Bush won, and there was this issue with the swinging chad uh, not being counted. And then some tampering, some uh, supposed tampering with the voting machine. Al Gore was so confident that 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 that, that process had been tampered with. He said he never. He said he would never run again. Um, and 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 thirdly, uh, candidate Trump alluded to the fact that everything was rigged because he was said he said it up front. Everything is rigged. The whole thing is rigged. The whole thing is rigged. All right. So reading between the lines, he's telling you that the whole thing is rigged, and then he proved it to you when he was asked if uh, if uh, if uh, the senator uh, if uh, Hillary is elected president, would you accept that as a loss, or would you would you would you accept the result of the election? And he said, the only way I will accept it is if I win. Because you know the movement had already been in in in, in place, so you know people can call that a, a conspiracy theory if they want. It's just common sense in it all, and in the common sense of it all is the fact that Hillary won by three million votes and still was not given the seat of the presidency. Like Miss Audrey said, something kind of stinks right there, and so um, so they, they they sold out the whole process. We've been sold out. The the bigger picture is why. Uh, to team up with the Russians to make one superpower against China, that's my theory. All right? And then all of that, uh, Vladimir Putin and the Russians are going to stab Trump in the back, and then they're not going to be strong enough to stand up against China, and China is just going to wipe up the whole thing. So, uh, so that, but the historians will tell that story. There's nothing we can actually really do about it except get an aneurysm behind it because the process is fixed on us, and I, I just feel that. Um, we don't have any promise and candidate coming up, like somebody just said, and like I've been saying for the longest, there's nobody even standing up, and, and the movement is so strong, the attitude in the closet. The attitude in the closet is so strong that no matter who come in next, the fire has been burning too long. It's going to still smolder. Thank you. Uh, Kathy, how how do we find peace and some solidarity uh, amongst those of us of all colors who want to live our lives in harmony? How do we find a way to able to hold hands and to love one another through this uh, period where being um, being a showing bias and prejudice 
Ness seems to have raised his head. We pray and we pray and we pray and we pray without ceasing and we pray and we pray. <laughs> That's the only way you're going to get through that. <laughs> and, it's, and it's so sad that, again, I know that you are in a mixed church of uh, Bible-believing and Christian-believing individuals who are trying to deal with uh, the chaos that existing around us. And I'm, I'm just going to say this. I know that there's some good white Americans out there who don't even know how to approach the subject when it comes to the way that some African Americans are being treated on a regular basis when they're finding it so easy uh, to show love and consideration uh, through their, their faith. That's for you, Kathy. I want you to respond to you know that there's some good people out there. Yes, and, and vice versa. There are some good there are some good white people, there are some good black people, there are some bad white people, and there are also some bad white people. But still I go back to what the word of God says that I have to pray and that daily I have to put on the full armor of God because it's I know it's not the people, but it's the enemy using the people, just like with that young man. You well, you know, at a certain time in your life, you got to distinguish and sure say you got to see what's really going on. Even with the people, you got to see what's really going on in this world. And the Bible says, we are, I mean, you know, these are the beginning of birth pains. These things are going to happen. So we shouldn't count as strange or we shouldn't be at all that these things are happening, but we should refer back to the word of God where it says these things are going to happen. But we as believers must constantly pray and be in prayer at all times because if not, we will get caught up in the things of the world. The Bible says that we are pilgrims passing through. You know, this is not our world. We're just here for a minute. Amen. So we have to continually stay in the word of God and renew our mind daily so that we can handle whatever it is situation that we face or whatever we see going on. You know, sometimes it hurts that we have to pray for certain situations, but the Bible tells us we are accountable for that. God says, how can you love me who you never seen but yet hate your brother? You can't do that. So it's prayer, prayer, prayer. And, uh, D, it is hard to understand or recognize that we all know how how easily life can be taken away and how just by one decision uh, a lot of people can perish. Uh, this man who who elected to crash the plane and only kill himself could very well have killed 10, 10 20, or 100 people uh, depending on what it was that he was willing to do. And so... Uh, we have to ask ourselves, how is it that people know how fragile life is, but yet they're still willing uh, to take only not their own lives, but take away lives of people who don't even know them? Uh, you know, you make a good case, uh, James. And and the question that stands out to me is, uh, what was he intended to do? 
you know, where he has, he could have killed 10, 20, 50 people uh, in a populated area, but that wasn't his intention. His intention was to get, and that's, you know, when when everything that Ms. Cassie says, we have to know how to read. And I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not necessarily talking about text. We have to know how to read in between the lines in 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 the physical and the spiritual world uh, to get your attention to for us to be talking about it today. And and in our conversations, you know, like you you already said, we might start on something else and go uh, completely across the board in another uh, subject matter. But it all is all in the same context of what what needs to be said. And and mostly it, it is that we need we start to pay better attention, um, you know. So, um, but you know we are a minute few, and that's the that's the mind boggling part, and that's the bothersome part. We are a minute few. Uh, most people, even in a better position than ourselves, uh, have no clarity well enough to know how to pay attention to what God is saying. So uh, in that, you know, uh, you know, you know, the last conversation that you and I had with Pastor Smith, uh, he was adamant about how weary he was and his confidence in 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 man, and you know that's how he talks. He's he's weary because they they have shown no real resolve and and how to do much of anything. Uh, I've said before that you know we don't pay attention long enough. We may pay attention for a minute, but not long enough to even get enough done. And so, uh, like Miss Kathy said, the the best answer to it all is to pray. And and lastly, before I leave, because I'm going to have to go, I'm bathing the kids. Um, you know, we are here on this earth on borrowed time. Uh, we're lucky if most of us live to be 72, 75 years old. Um, that's not no time at all. So to try to forcibly the way we think they should be is not the right approach, I don't think. Um, uh, we have said, and I have said, that, you know, we have to give God more credit than that, that he knows He knows what he's doing. Uh, this is his world. We're just travelers on a, short, on a short mission. But in doing that mission, we can convey the message, the true message that we believe to be true while we're here to make um, – better for our kids and for their kids and for uh, the human race overall. Thank you. You know, it's very contradictory. We, When we talk about how the GOP uh, cares so much about overturning um, the right for women to have abortion and they see the need uh, to save the lives of these babies, but yet uh, they have no desire to uh, stop uh, the death penalty or to take care of the children after they're born. Uh, So you wonder how committed people are to true life. Uh, I want to believe that all lives are important, and I have flip-flopped on the, the death penalty uh, but we need to recognize that once life has been given, we need to do all that we can in order to keep it in a way that people can, it is worth living. 
And so we don't want to see people uh, desiring to commit suicide, Cheryl. We want uh, our babies to be happy and wet fed. We want our children to be schooled and and uh, taken care of in terms of their health. And we want to be sympathetic uh, to people who find themselves in a situation where they're incarcerated. Uh, but yet... Uh, we have people who are in the GOP who, who think their their responsibility to life ends when a baby is born. You know, I, I'm with you when you say we would like to think that um, every life matters. But, you know, different people look at it differently. Some people look at it as a commodity. Um, some people look at it as a business transaction. Some people, you know, they have different, um, people see things differently through their eyes, Um, whatever is beneficial to them. Now, I would want to say that the majority of people do believe and do think that um, all lives do matter. And then we have some people that categorize it and say that, only certain lives matter. But, you know, we are all children of God, and we all matter. Each and every one of our lives do matter. Um, and we have to begin to act like it matters. And we have to begin to act like another person, the next person's life matters. But... um Sometimes, you know, and we've discussed it before, that individuals are brought up with hatred, and that hatred leads to believing that another person's life don't matter. And their lives today are so easily taken. And sometimes it's not because the individual believe that um, don't believe that lives matter. It could simply just mean that the hatred that they have in them or certain lives don't matter, or they're trying to get their point across, or don't cross them. For whatever reason it is, is that, you know, it seems as though we are living in a world where mental illnesses, and any time you have a situation that needs to be dealt with, um, anger management, um, not able coping, um, coping with life, any of those different things, you know, we need to be getting professional help and not relying on the fact of, oh, it'll go away or appeal or make it all better because it's not. We have to um, get closer to God, know that love can, when I say conquer all, I don't mean the emotional love when a person is physically in love with someone. I mean love no matter what, unconditionally love. And that doesn't mean liking all actions. It means true love. And that's something that we really have to get back to and knowing that each one of us are important. And when we feel like that the next person is important, then it's hard to hurt somebody else. It's hard to do the things that are being done. It's hard to be underhanded to each other. It's hard to make the comments 
So you can tell that love is not playing a major role in the lives of so many individuals today because we're doing each other anything. Just like you mentioned before, we you know we don't have comp- it's not no compassion we're not showing in all, you know, in all of these situations. So, um we just got to um improve the things that we're doing and knowing that we have to be there for each other. Uh, Kathy, it is clear that all believers need to focus and make sure their mind is ready and prepared uh, to make a statement each and every day. Uh, when we leave our door or leave the protection of our home, we need to be ready and willing to, to interact with the world in a way that shows God's love. Absolutely. That's why it says to put on the full armor of God daily, daily, not once a week, but daily, because if not, then you are going to get caught up. And I mean, Christians get caught up as well, but that's why the word of God tells us that we have to renew our minds and that we have to put on the full armor of God. Those are the principles for us to live in this world while we're still still here. Yeah, it is so important if we're going to be honest about who we are and what it is that we believe, uh, that we be on a mission uh, to deter evil and show uh, the respect and appreciation uh, that all Christians should have uh, for life and, and, and the willingness to support those who find themselves in bad situations. We're going to take a break and we'll come back and allow everyone to have their final word. Thank you. 
For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Therefore, put on the armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth. Buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Thank you, James. You're more than welcome. Keep us on track, Kathy. Um, Cheryl, your final thought this evening? Well, I'm going to be just short and say amen. Okay, well, listen, we just got Regina on the line, and Regina, we're talking about all kind of different things that are on our mind. Uh, what is what is on your mind this evening, evening Regina? Uh, good evening, good evening, good evening. I'm preparing to go to work tomorrow, and it's time to slip away. But um, just thinking that, that um, God worked today in the... Um, the rallies that were held in in D.C. and it wasn't as as serious as volatile as it could have been. So I'm just thankful for that. And um, you see, Amarosa is trying to get back in the house, and it's going to be interesting if her uh, publicist is saying, you know, go in and, and take some some. Take take some Say that you were wrong And they'll forgive you And they'll let you back in So it's going to be interesting To see how the clergy Is going to um, To handle People's thoughts As we move forward with Miss Amorosa Coming back into the Coming back home I am glad that you brought that up Because you know Um <laughs> of times we some people want to believe they see smoke but they don't believe there's fire and I just believe that there's something wrong with uh, the fact that people connected to Donald Trump offered Amarosa $15,000 a month uh, to be a part of the upcoming campaign uh, if she was willing to keep her mouth closed and to me, anytime you have to pay people or give people money to keep their mouth closed, they must have something to say. And you're afraid of what they might say. And so, um, you know, people may ignore that, but to me that is a quality flaw that when you have to go around paying people to keep their mouth closed, then you're doing stuff that you ain't got no business. And, uh, 
So I, I thank you for bringing that up, Regina, because uh, we did uh, talk about that a little bit, but not into any great depth. But uh, it is seemingly to me that the president and his family is becoming unhinged when there are so many people out there willing uh, to turn the tables on them. Well, they haven't turned them over yet, so we're still dealing well, with it. Paul Manafort is getting ready to be convicted, I believe. So we'll see what happens after this trial has ended and what cards Donald Trump play uh, when uh, when he's convicted. I want you all to take care, and I'll see you all tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Thoughts, Love, and Reflection. Look forward to talking to you. your children and don't let them fall by the side of the road and teach them to love one another that heaven might find a place their heart Jesus is love He won't let you down And I know He Got to walk on, walk on through temptation, cause he's love, and his wisdom will be our helping hand, I know the truth, and his word will be our salvation. Lift up our hearts to be thankful and glad that Jesus is